Hi, Connectors family. Really a joy it is for me that uh, I have this opportunity to share God's word with you. And, uh, you know, I must just tell you that this, I believe, is what God placed on my heart. And it all came out of a time of prayer, you know, as we prayed together as leadership, as part of the leadership of the church. And we're praying around Ephesians and, you know, it just stayed with me. And I'm glad that I have the opportunity to share this with the entire church. And I really believe and look forward to being blessed also out of God's word um, that uh, our time together will really be meaningful um, as we spend it around God's word. You know, it's no longer news that we live in a COVID-19 pandemic world. It's, it's a reality and uh, there's been some pain, there's been some death even. Um, and thankfully, there's been some recoveries as well. There's been stories of people recovering, and we praise God for that. Uh, but that's our reality. You know, there's joy, there's pain, there's all of those things happening. And on top of that, we're also facing the reality of issues of race. And that was heightened, you know, recently, uh, not too long ago, with the death of George Floyd. And it happened so far away in America, I know, but it sort of just brought it back again into our consciousness and reminded us that we have situations like Collins Causa right here in South Africa. And, you know, the news tells us that there are not less than 10 other people that have, have died during this lockdown as a result of, you know, uh, uh, police or law enforcement not handling things correctly. You know, this is our world. This is what's happening right now. And, uh, you know, the world is speaking about this, responding in certain ways. Media is speaking about this. And... Uh, People are being made to respond in certain ways or to take sides or to take or belong to a particular camp or that. And, you know, there is real pressure even for people to think in certain ways about what is happening right now. And it's in the midst of this that we always have to ask ourselves and say, what is God's word saying? What is God saying about what is confronting us as a people? How can we look into God's word and hear him about what's happening to us? And that's, that's, that's what I want to help us to do today, that we will just move our attention to God's word and hear how he will speak to us about what is happening. And I find really the book of Ephesians speaking into all the things that are happening around us right now. And I know Ephesians is a very rich book, very deep uh, scripture with lots of wisdom from God. And today we will focus on a portion of that wisdom of God that is revealed in the book of Ephesians. So let's begin by reading the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Um, we read chapter 3 from verse 3 to 11. And then from there, I will try to move back, you know, and unpack a little bit out of that. And then we will just reflect on that word and then we will pray together. So go with me to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3. And then I will begin reading from verse 3 uh, to 11. Uh, I read particularly from the New Living Translation. Uh, for the ease of reading, you know, it just makes reading easier and clearer. So I read from verse 3. Scripture says, 
as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his plan which he carried out through Christ, through Christ Jesus, our Lord. From the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and where we've read, scripture speaks about this mystery, this divine plan, this thing that was hidden but is now revealed. This which is called the many-sided wisdom of God, the manifold wisdom of God revealed in the church. What is Paul talking about? The book of Ephesians is one place that, you know, when you read it, you read it very carefully because it's so dense, it's so rich. There is so much that has been, un that has been unraveled and you know, scripture speaks here about the manifold wisdom of God being revealed in the church. And so from there, I would like to point to us about three aspects of this manifold wisdom of God that I believe Paul is referring to, or scripture is referring to where we read. This manifold wisdom of God, there are three aspects of this wisdom that I would like to take you through very quickly as we go together. The first wisdom of God that has been revealed, that has been referred to here, that I would like you to see is found in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to 4. And I will refer to that first wisdom that has been referred to here, that has been revealed now, is the redemption and the gift of eternal life and how it is accomplished through Jesus' death and resurrection. That is one key display of the wisdom of God that has been referred to here. I say that again, redemption and the gift of eternal life and how it is accomplished through Jesus' death and resurrection 
is a display of the wisdom of God. That's the first aspect of this wisdom of God that has been referred to here that I'd like to draw your attention to. That there is this manifestation of God's wisdom that baffles the mind, that baffles the normal thinking person. You know, how can this be that God will look at fallen man and give this fallen man the gift of eternal life and redemption through the death of Christ. You know, this wisdom that scripture talks about here, the Bible says is foolishness to man. The gospel. The gospel of eternal life is foolishness to man. But in God's wisdom, he decided to say, look, my wisdom requires Christ to come die on the cross and redeem mankind. And out of that, I give the gift of eternal life to everyone that puts their faith in this Jesus' death on the cross. And that's God's wisdom. That's God's wisdom. And talking about eternal life, it is this, this promise of life that is very different, that assures us, gives us gospel hope that there is a life ahead of everyone that put their faith in Christ that is very different from this present life that is full of chaos and confusion and covert and race and all of that. That there is a life that is available to everyone that is, it's beyond this life. And that's real hope. It's not empty hope. And that's the wisdom of God that is made available in the church. That we have the gift of eternal life. You know, through Pastor John Basson's wife, Terry, through her initiative and effort, we, we care in this church for medical practitioners, for doctors, nurses, and we show practical care and we pray for them and we put together gifts and make sure we adopt a hospital and take the gifts to them. Just show them that we care, you know, aside from just praying. And, and we do all of that. We pray for people and, and trust God to bring healing and trust God to bring comfort to people that are suffering, whether it's directly by this COVID uh, uh, situation, in whichever way. And what I'm saying is that in the midst of all that, in God's wisdom, through the gift of redemption and eternal life, where death becomes a reality, this wisdom of God kicks in to give us gospel hope that COVID do not have the final say, that death do not have the final say. Why? Is it because of our race? Is it because of who we are? No, it's because of what God has accomplished in Christ by his wisdom, that we have eternal life that transcends death and suffering and pain. That is good news because of the wisdom of God. Let's go to the next um, wisdom of God that I believe has been referred to the book of Ephesians. Uh, another aspect of the wisdom of God that I believe Paul is referring to when we read the book of Ephesians chapter 3, when he talked about the manifold wisdom of God. Another aspect of that wisdom, um, I draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 2, from verse 12 to 15. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 12 to 15. And the point I want to make there is this. Bringing Jews and Gentiles into the accomplished redemption 
is a display of the wisdom of God. Bringing both Jews and Gentiles, people of different ethnicities, bringing all of them into this accomplished redemption is a display of the wisdom of God. You know, you know racial disunity, it's a child's play compared to disunity with God. The fact of racial disunity is, is a child's play. Compared to being disunited with God, spiritually out of sync with God, spiritually falling away from God. That is a big issue. And in spite of the ginormous nature of that problem, the fact that Christ accomplished that and he brought Jews and Gentiles, people of different nationalities, bringing them into that manifestation of God's great redemption plan. It's a display of the wisdom of God. What is humanly impossible was made possible by Christ. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? What I'm saying is this. If Christ and through the manifestation of the wisdom of God is able to accomplish that which is humanly impossible, that which faces us today is not beyond the power of Christ to make it happen. If Christ could bring together people of different ethnicities, people of different nations into God's redemptive plan, it is not a difficult thing for him to bring them together into racial unity on the face of this earth here. And that will become clearer even in my next point. But just to say to us here that one of the aspects of the wisdom of God that I'd like you to bear in mind is that by the bringing together of Jews and Gentiles into this redemptive plan of God, that in itself is a great display of the wisdom of God. It baffles the mind. It's not something that can humanly be possible. And Jesus made that possible. He brought Jews and Gentiles all reconciled them back to God. He made it possible. And that's wonderful. So read with me Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 12 to 15. Ephesians 2, 12 to 15. If you have your scripture, you can read along with me wherever you are. It says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope, without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one. And has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. That's a mystery, but it was accomplished in Christ. It was accomplished by God. This is something that not a human can do that. Why? Because this, you know, racial disunity is a child's play compared to spiritual disunity with God. 
to be disunited with God, to be dislocated from God, to be separated from God, to be counted as not belonging to God. It's a big issue, bigger than racial disunity. And Christ was able to bridge that gap, solve the problem, bring us into God's redemptive plan, make us now part of God's spiritual family. The point is this, if Christ can accomplish that great spiritual problem, can solve that great spiritual puzzle, it is possible for him to solve this physical puzzle of division that exists among us. So, this is the wisdom of God that Jews and Gentiles brought into this accomplished divine wisdom, divine plan of God because of Jesus' blood that was shed. And he does that and it gives us hope that because he has accomplished what is a bigger disunity than racial disunity, it gives us hope that in the church he can accomplish racial unity. And that point becomes clearer as we see the next display of God's wisdom. But just to say here that he was able to accomplish something that is bigger than human racial disunity, something that is spiritual in nature, a disunity with God. He accomplished that, made it available to the church because of his blood. And if he can do that, what is it that he cannot do? Follow me to the next um, point, which is, uh, the next aspect of the manifestation of the wisdom of God that I see that I believe Paul is referring to when we read it in the book of Ephesians, the next point that I, I believe is, is pointing us to as a display of the wisdom of God in the church is this. You will find that in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. We're going to read that in a moment, but just to make it clear that the point that I want to make there is this. Visible and spiritual unity in the church comprising of Jews and Gentiles displays the wisdom of God. Visible and spiritual unity in the church comprising people of various ethnic backgrounds and racial backgrounds. That manifestation of spiritual unity that's accomplished already and the physical unity that it's possible for him to accomplish that manifestation of coming together that is accomplished in the church is a display of the wisdom of God. And I draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 3 uh, verse 8 to 10 or maybe to 11. Let's see. Ephesians chapter 3 beginning from verse 8. Scripture says in Ephesians 3 from verse 8. Although I I'm less than the least of all God's people. This grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches in Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God shall be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus 
our Lord. Friends, the scripture says here to us that there is an accomplishment that is a result of God's wisdom that is available to the church. And that accomplishment is described in Ephesians 3 as unity. You know, spiritual unity, Ephesians says to us, speaks to the invisible forces. Where there is the, the accomplishment of that spiritual unity speaks to the invisible forces. They, they just marvel. How possible is this? How can one accomplish that? Well, it's done. It's accomplished. Christ did it. And spiritual forces, whether they're forces of good or forces of evil, they marvel at the fact of the seamless bringing together accomplished in the realm of the spirit. When that shows itself in the physical through obedient lives that are seeking to walk in the reality of what Christ has accomplished in the spirit. When that happens, it speaks to our world. It speaks to our world. When the church walks in this accomplished spiritual unity and works manifested in the physical, it speaks to our world. It speaks to our world because where you find unity, even the enemy of the church, the devil, is put to shame. He's put to, sh he's put to shame because the biggest weapon that the enemy unleashes against the church is not even COVID-19. The biggest weapon he unleashes against the church is the weapon of disunity. At the heart of segregation and racism is disunity. At the heart of division is the poisoning of our individual ethnic identity, which God made to be very good. When God made us from different identities, different ethnicities, different nationalities, he made it very good. The poisoning of that individual identity is the foundation out of which disunity comes from and racial division springs from that. When the enemy does not succeed in making that happen and there is a unity that is gospel unity, it speaks to him that this is what God can do. When there is unity in the church, a display of a genuine coming together of people from different backgrounds, different tribes, different nations. When there is a display of that, it honors God. Of course it does. Just like lack of unity, lack of working together in the church dishonors God. Where there is unity, God is honored. God is glorified. That's why scripture says to us in Revelation 5, 9 and 7, 9, it says that at the end of all things, there will be people of every tribe, every tongue, every nation. They will all stand before the throne giving God glory. What a beautiful sight that's going to be. And in the church of God on earth, right here and now, 
Jesus wants to make that a reality. Jesus wants to display that. He wants to display to the forces of the kingdom of darkness to say, look at what I've accomplished. He wants to display to the forces of people on earth. He wants to say, look at what I can do to a group of people that are obedient and serving me and living under my kingdom and rule and reign. Friends, I like to try to come to a close and bring this together to some reflection that I would like you to, to, to quietly reflect on out of all of this that I've talked about. I'd like you to reflect on a number of questions. Number one, if we are the church, this church that God says is going to be displaying this manifold wisdom of redemption, of reconciliation, of unity. If we are this church, how is God using our lives to give hope and the breaking down of the walls of division in our communities? How is God using our lives to accomplish that? Second question I'd like you to reflect on quietly wherever you are. Is this, what aspects of my ethnic identity and pride is poisonous and not gospel shaped? And by gospel shaped, I mean it, it doesn't see itself as superior or inferior. What aspects of my ethnic identity is not gospel shaped? It's poisonous. It's, it's making me consider myself, my tribe, my culture, my background as superior to any other person. What aspect of my culture speaks in that form to me? And I need to reflect on that and bring it to the gospel and let the gospel shape it. And by the gospel shaping it here, what I mean is that the gospel now speaks into that and says, you're not, you're not inferior and you're not superior. You are a child in God's kingdom. You're, the, you're part of God's kingdom. Final question I'd like you to reflect on is this. Are there ways... I'm placing my culture and ethnic identity above Christ and his word? Are there ways that I'm placing my culture or my identity or my ethnicity above Christ and his word? I'd like you to reflect on that. I'd like you to ponder on that. I'd like you to pray into that. And seek the Lord's intervention in your heart. And as I close, there is no better way to close it than how the book of Ephesians says it, how Paul brings this conversation, discussion to a, to a, to, to a time point. And he says it in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 to 6. Scripture says here, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life Worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is 
one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you for uniting us with God and with one another in the Spirit through Christ. We pray today that you will open our eyes to see practical ways that we will display that unity. We pray that you will use our lives to counter the poison narrative of our past in this country. We pray that you will glorify your son Jesus through your church, through us as people of God here in Connect Church and through your church wherever the church is found. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, again for joining us today. Uh, I want to encourage you if you need ministry of any kind, uh, please go to the Zoom room uh, at half past ten and uh, you will find people there uh, very willing and ready to pray with you, to minister to you and uh, if for some reason you watch this later on or at some other point and you really need someone to minister to you, please feel very free and welcome to get in touch with the church uh, on the numbers that are on your screen and just make sure you speak and, and you know th there are things that the church and the leadership the eldership the pastors they will never know if nobody gets to to let them know so I'll, i want to encourage you to please get in touch uh maybe someone else within our church community that's going through one difficulty or the other please pick up the phone take up your phone or send an email uh get in touch so that Someone will be praying, someone will be ministering, and we will all carry each other through doing that. God bless you. Have a blessed week. And may the grace of the Lord keep you and sustain you through all of this time. And may the unity of God's spirit continue to keep us together, growing in love and sharing in fellowship. God bless you. Bye-bye.